San Diego police have released camera footage of an officer-involved shooting that resulted in the death of a 31-year-old man. The graphic footage shows the January 24th encounter that left Toby Dillard dead after two officers tried to stop him while he walked around the corner of 54th and College Grove Drive with an open container of beer. During the struggle, police said Diller pulled out the officer's gun, breaking the holster from the belt. In response, officers shot and killed Diller. Today is Thursday, March 5th. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Terry Figueroa, you're part of the public safety team at the Union Tribune, and yesterday, video from an officer-involved shooting was released. How did this video get released in the first place? Well, um, there is uh, new legislation in California that essentially says within 45 days of um, what is determined as a critical incident in in police vernacular, um, if officers open fire, per se, um, then the uh, agency has 45 days. It's supposed to, within 45 days, release um, that footage so that the public can see if they're if there was a, a body-worn camera or um, other video that caught what the incident was, um, you're supposed to release that to the public. Unless, you know, there are exceptions, of course, um, investigative exceptions, etc. But uh, in this particular case, this footage was released of this shooting yesterday. It uh, was released about 40 days after the incident. And mm-hmm. what happened was um, on January 24th, on the afternoon of January 24th, uh, in Oak Park neighborhood, uh, there was a guy uh, kind of wandering around, um, kind of aimlessly on a street corner. He uh, looked to have what was a, a, an open bottle of beer, maybe a, a, like a 40. Mm-hmm. And he was sort of walking around. And um, what we got yesterday was footage from the time that, that uh, he was walking around until police encountered him. And then ultimately when they chased and um, finally he, um, they struggled with him and he was shot during that struggle. Mm-hmm. So that was the footage that police released yesterday. And what were the kind of steps that police took that went from an encounter to firing that gun? Well, what we saw um, was essentially three pieces of, of video. We saw video that was captured from uh, what the city calls smart street lights. It's essentially a camera that's on um, a street uh, light pole. Mm-hmm. So it looks straight down at the ground. Um, so we see a little bit of footage from that. And then uh, we also see footage from the body worn camera of, uh, there was two officers involved. We see the footage from one officer and then we see the footage um, of the same stuff from the other officer's body-worn camera as well, although his camera fell off um, during the end of the, the encounter. You still hear and can see a little bit of, of what happened between the officers and this um, this man. Mm-hmm. And the, I suppose the moment that justified the police officer to use his gun was the fact that this individual grabbed the officer's gun out of the holster, right? That's that's what police have said, yes. Um, what we see in the footage is we see um, this gentleman, his, his name was Toby Diller, who's 31 years old, um, walking around on the street corner at 54th and College Grove. Um, 
And as he's sort of walking around carrying his beer bottle, police, you can see from the video, um, from the overhead video, roll up and kind of pull in front of him. There's a bit of a driveway right in front of him. He's sort of walking around. Um, as soon as they stop and an officer opens the door, Mr. Diller bolts. He runs out onto uh, 54th Street, right into the middle of traffic. Mm -hmm. Both officers uh, get out of the car and they chase him through that traffic to one side of the street, then back over to basically kind of near where they started, um, onto a frontage road. There, the police um, uh, are able to make contact with him. There is a uh, scuffle and they all go to the ground. And while they're on the ground, police say that um, Mr. Diller pulled on or grabbed um, the gun of one of the officers and that it came off of his, his duty belt. And you can actually, on the video here, the moment that that happens, you can see the struggle from the officer's camera. You can see him struggling and you hear him say, he's got my gun, shoot him. Mm -hmm. And just, I mean, less than a second, maybe a half second later, the other officer you can see from the footage his gun comes out you see it go towards mr diller's head um mr diller is shot once and he died there at the scene mm -hmm. and in this whole video the police chief speaks and you see a little bit kind of after the aftermath of exactly how things went and where the holster was so before this law was put into place, what kind of information would the public get following an officer-involved shooting? Well, we would get some of this information, but it would take um, much later, um, especially now that body-worn cameras are much more common, um, and, and in so many more cases we're seeing police are wearing and have their body-worn cameras activated during these sorts of critical incidents. But we weren't seeing them right out of the gate or so quickly after an incident. It took well over a year in, in many cases um, until all the reviews were done. But see, now uh, there is a law that has gone into effect recently in, in California that says that after a what police deem a critical incident, 45 days, they have to release that footage. Police release this one within 40 days, and that's how we were able to see it. And, and it, there are redactions to it in terms of audio yes. the police um say in the video hey we we cut the audio out of this 10 second spot because essentially it's gratuitous the officers aren't talking to each other it is in the um moment after mr diller is shot and there is graphic audio that they said the police said was was not uh, necessary for the mm -hmm. public to hear um but so that's why we we're seeing that footage is is because of that law that says public has an overriding interest we need to see the the footage from not just body worn but any surveillance or any video mm -hmm. audio as well and if i remember correctly uh this you know an extra step in transparency was somewhat caused following the shooting in el cajon of alfred alango right that was among the the instances of um, police shootings that, you know, certainly preceded the, this change in law. The one that, that I think really sparked it was the one in Sacramento um, when a young man was running away from police and uh, 
uh, and he was shot. Um, that one played a, a big role in, in this new legislation. And plus, there's also second legislation that is sort of uh, associated, if you will, with with this video. It's not this. I'm sorry, not video, but encounter from the other day. This encounter from January 24th. It was the first fatal police shooting in San Diego County since the state changed the law this year, mm-hmm. January 1st, that really raised the standards for when police can use deadly force. The The law allows law enforcement officers to use deadly force only when necessary, when their life or the lives of others are in imminent danger. And there's no alternative to de-escalate the situation to use less, less than lethal kinds of weapons. Mm-hmm. And in uh, communications surrounding the release of this information, what was the police's official statement as to, you know, this is a situation in which we followed the rules and we used adequate force because it was the only choice to do so? Well, police say that the, right now they're, this is still under investigation. Um, uh, this still goes through their internal, you know, reviews, um, and then they'll they'll take what they have and turn that over to the district attorney's office, which will review this case for um, any criminal liability, which is absolutely standard. That's the way um, all police shootings are handled in San Diego County. All, all law enforcement shootings mm-hmm. are investigated and then handed over to the DA's office. Now, the DA's look at it is solely with regard to any criminal liability. It doesn't look at police policy or, or anything of the sort in, in that way. Um, but there are also, of course, other agencies that also you know, are monitoring and keeping an eye on this stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And it's possible like the police have their own internal rules that could get into play here, I imagine, right? Oh, they absolutely do. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're looking at it for their own internal reasons as well. You know, they're looking at, at what happened and, and, absolutely are reviewing it as well. Mm -hmm. And how long do these investigations usually take? Boy, that can vary. Um, I I think that we often see um, investigations out of the district attorney's office within a year or two. Um, Often within, if there is a trial, then the district attorney will sometimes review it and then hold on to it. We saw that recently um, within the last week or so. The DA's office released uh, their reviews of three shootings. Mm-hmm. Um, in all of those shootings, all of those police shootings, the, the suspect, the person survived and went on to face trial. And so the DA's office held off on releasing their decision. They made a decision that, that the officers were, in all three of those cases, justified in using their weapons, but they held off on releasing that until after the trials or after the, the legal proceedings, the criminal proceedings that the defendant faced. So in, in those took a couple of years. One of those cases was from 2015. Oh, wow. And that was just released last week. Mm-hmm. So the story has been up for about a day. What has the reaction been so far? Well, well, what I've seen in the comments in the online story have been, have been mixed. Um, we've seen folks who said, you know, why did you run? Stay and 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 get your ticket and and you know move on. To people who were just absolutely appalled at you know the guy was drinking a beer and and now he's you know uh, dead. So there was definitely reaction on both sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And those are pretty common you know points of view when it comes to situations like this that are truly tragic. 
Yeah, these can be extremely polarizing. Mm -hmm. Terry Figueroa, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. In other news, an AT&T employee who worked at a Chula Vista location has been diagnosed with the coronavirus. In response, the company has closed six stores in the area for cleaning as a precaution. The person infected lives in Orange County, so San Diego County officials aren't counting it as the region's first community case. County officials said the individual had returned from a trip to Italy. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekday evenings. With spring training beginning, Hot Lava returns for its third season. Listen to UT Sports Editor Jay Posner and Padres beat writer Kevin Acey to discuss the preseason. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to uniontrip.com slash podcasts. Until next time.